joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin. And I'm Marcella. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we take the well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week, we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn the story behind the story. Now, I don't know about you, but I, as a father, I love children's books. And I love the history behind them sometimes because it's always interesting how things work out. Now, Marcella, I want to get your insight on this a little bit. So I want to ask you a question real quick, because yep. obviously as this woman that we're, we're having on today is very special to, to us just because of the fact that as children or as, as children, as adults to children who are on the spectrum, we deal with special needs all the time. Yeah. And with her, it's a little bit different because her mm -hmm. child, whose name is Maya, the, Jeremiah, but they call him Maya, is, has cerebral palsy. And mm -hmm. as someone who has, when I was in college, way back in the Stone Age, it was to the point where we just, it was, I had to help a gentleman that actually had cerebral palsy. And it is a very very physical job you have to be extremely strong to pick them up to dress them to it, it's like sometimes it's like carrying you know two three hundred pounds of dead weight and i'm not saying that the any child or human is like that but when it mm -hmm. feels like there's no physical help mm -hmm. dead weight is just that dead weight it is really right hard to move someone that can't really help you out and you know it was very very interesting that this young lady was brought into our lives today and I wanted to ask you a question real quick because we are talking about a children's book mm -hmm. and I was going through my history and publication and stuff like that and I noticed that there was a young man back in the early or excuse me in the late 19th century by the name of Lothar Megendorfer. Now, have you heard that name before? Because I'm I pretty can't sure say that I have, Mac. Because I'm pretty sure you have actually seen one of his books or a variation of his book in some way, shape, or form. If you don't know who this is, ladies and gentlemen, Lothar Megendorfer, it was a 19th century German illustrator <laughs> and early cartoonist known for his pop-up book. He was one that actually reinvented the technique. Now, the technique's been around for a long time prior to him, but he decided he wanted to take his illustrations a little bit further. Now, he started out by creating this, his first movable picture book known as, let's see if I can get this pronunciation right, Bilder, which means living pictures. Now, if I've, for anybody who knows the language, I apologize. I don't know that. <laughs> language real well um, but he did this as a Christmas gift to his eldest son Adolf now this book was uh, later published in 1878 by Braun and Snyder which was a very big publisher during that time but the reason why I brought up this little le this little history lesson was because it has the same type of format in terms of our guest for today because today we have a young lady who created a book specifically for her son, Jeremiah, and 
she's also written two other books. And I want to get your opinion on this real quick before we talk any further about this, because again, as someone who deals with a special needs child, what are some of the things that you deal with on a daily basis that is comparative to, you know, a normal, uh, how do I say, not even normal, a the standard neurological child, we'll say, comparative to... Well, I have to tell you, Matt, that I have some children, I have children on the spectrum, mm-hmm. and I have children who are not on the spectrum, and there are a lot of challenges with having both in general. Children mm-hmm. are a challenge. We're not given a set of instructions when they're mm-hmm. born saying, this is what you do. I can say that the challenges that I've dealt with with my youngest right now is social skills and having to, to help her to adapt to being in social settings. And there are so many other challenges in general where she's, she's being called a freak by other mm-hmm. children or she's being called it weird. And I have had to grasp all that and tell her, this is okay. We looked up the word weird. You and I Mm -hmm. have talked about this. We've Mm -hmm. looked up the word freak. These are not bad things. This is the way society views us. And it's just the whole construct of society in general. I have had her look it up herself and say, you're not, you know what, mommy, you're right. I am weird and I own it. Mm -hmm. So I'm having her take what people call her disability. And I don't see it as a disability. I have her take her superpower And that goes back to my friend, Jason Segrist, who says all children have superpowers. I have had her take her superpower and harness it to create herself. So she is, she is very, so these are, these are just some of the things I deal with on a daily basis, because as a child, she's only 10. We still have to instill that every single day. We have to do it every single day so that when she's an adult, she can say, okay, I am me. doesn't matter what other people think of me. That's their opinion their problem so that's that's what i've got for you right now yeah and i i appreciate that because here here's the wonderful thing about the uh the community that we're a part of on many many communities that we're a part of but in this case for special needs children for uh, because for me i have two children on the spectrum i have a teenager and i have a uh six-year-old and like you said, there is no disability. It's an ability. It's a super Mm -hmm. ability because there are a lot of things, excuse me. There's a lot of things that they do that we wish as adults, we could remember how we did it Mm -hmm. because they show us so many things in our lives that prove how special they truly are. There's a reason why they have special needs But they're special in general because of the fact that they can see and do things that a lot of children can't do. And that's with any child in general. But for us, as people who deal with this on a daily basis, who have a little bit more of a higher stress level (laughs) when dealing (laughs) with all the things that we have to deal with, all the uh, therapies we got to deal with, all of the various things that we have to do for our children that normal kids don't have to deal with because they're very independent as they grow. But there's a lot of things that we still have to deal with. And so I'm going to bring up our, our, our author before we continue on this conversation, because she is a multi-published author 
with books like Handicapped Mom, How Do I Handle a Special Needs Child, and her children's book, which we'll be discussing today, Jeremiah the Jackrabbit. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the handicapped mom herself, Miss Monique Duell. Monique, thank you for being on the show. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. Well, that's good. I'm glad someone's excited. Uh, (laughs) They can bring the energy to this place. Oh, don't you give me that. Don't you give me that. (laughs) Anyways, now, Monique, you know, like we ask every author, we're trying to ask every author now, you know, there's a lot of things that when people um, look you up on the internet, they can find a whole lot of different things. They can see a little bit of your bio. They can go on to amazon.com and get your books. But there are some things that we don't put in the bios. As, as someone who, who is a voice actor, there's a lot of things in my bio I don't put. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to our audience and just tell us a little bit like one or two things that no one else can, that no one else can find on the internet about you? Of course, as you all know, I am Monique Duell. I am a multi-published author, podcaster. Uh, my podcast is called Having a Moment with Moni. I do ghostwriting and something that I don't talk about. I used to sing. I used to sing in groups as a background singer for a few gospel groups. I used to lead praise and worship. I love to cook. Uh, when I'm in a great mood, I, I cook chef level foods. My dad and granddads were chefs when I was a little girl. So uh, those are just a few things that, you know, you won't find in the bio. I love poetry. That's how I started writing. I have been writing poetry since I could write. That's not in the bio. And so um, I wear many hats. I'm in ministry as well. Just recently, last year, accepted the call to be the associate pastor of God's end time deliverance ministry. So that's fairly new. So yeah, I wear many hats. Well, that is very awesome. I was trying to unmute myself for a second there. The buttons on Zoom are just so crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, yep. So right now I'm trying to compress all of these little things that you, these little gems that you told us and it 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 makes me think and looking back at your at the children's book jeremiah the jackrabbit there are a lot of little gems in there that some people are not going to notice at first but as someone who deals with uh special needs every single day you know can we can you give us a little bit of insight into one why you created Jeremiah the Jackrabbit, and two, how has that impacted your relationship with Jeremiah himself, knowing that he is a character in a book? Jeremiah the Jackrabbit was a poem. Uh, It was written back in 2015, I believe it was, and I had tucked it away in my little book, you know, with all of my other little ideas. And it was a poem, um, and I never thought that it would end up being a book until I had lost my grandmother and my sister two weeks apart back in January of last year and February. And I was going through my things, making room for the things that I had kept from my grandmother, and my book fell out, and the poem fell out. And I said, you know what? Hmm, 
I'm going to turn my son into a superhero. This is a book. And it was like, aha, the light bulb went off. And I was like, you know, okay, I can do this. And so immediately I got the vision for the book. I saw how it looked in my mind and things like that. And so I say, okay, now I got to find somebody, you know, that can bring my vision to life. And that is what you see today. Jeremiah, the Jackrabbit. He, he doesn't necessarily know. I don't think that he's a superhero in a book. I've showed him the book. I've read the book to him. He doesn't like to say his name. Oddly enough, he'll say everybody else's name. He won't even say Jeremiah when he hears it at church and they say, go to the book of Jeremiah. He won't say that. He'll say every other book. So I believe that he may have an inkling that it's about him, but he's not able to, you know, articulate that. So this is legacy for him. You know, I'm very proud of it that, you know, I turned my son into a superhero and it has just gone way beyond my expectation, actually. You know, I love that because, you know, it is that idea that, we all as parents want to make our children feel so powerful that they can change the world and they yes. don't have to wear a cap, a, a cap, a cape to do that. You know, right. it, it is so fun to, especially with children uh, with special needs. There's a lot of times where, you know, you have a variety of children that, can speak and they speak all the time they don't know when to stop talking and then you have those who can't talk the nonverbals. and i remember that you you had said in the in the poem a few things that were really interesting to me one i want to know who why vet is and who if i remember correctly yvette I always say Yvette in pronunciation, <laughs> but I was told by a friend of mine who that's her name. Yvette and who was the penguin? Portia. 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 Those are his aunts. They have been with me since day one with him. They have been my biggest supporters, my biggest support system. My aunt Portia is pretty much like his mom. She just shows me out the way. She just, they just adore Jeremiah. It's almost like I just birthed him and then they just kind of sort of <laughs> took over. And so I had to mention them in the book because they are the reasons that I am still forging ahead. As you described earlier, having to lift somebody who is almost 200 pounds and bathe and manscape and brush teeth and dress and change diapers every day, all day, it, it can become debilitating to your body, you know, to your spirit, to your mindset. And so these two people that God have blessed me with in DNA and in life in general have been there for me. And I'm grateful to them for all of their love, all of their help, all of their pushing. I'm part of who I am today because of them. None of this probably would be happening had I not had that support because I really didn't know what to do. I had to learn as, like you said, I had to learn as I went along what my son was capable of, what he wasn't, what life meant for us and how to make all of those adjustments and still stay sane and happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have a brother on the spectrum that I'm caring for as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he, he's an adult. Um, he doesn't okay. live in the home with us anymore. And so, you know, yeah. So I understand as far as, you know, you explaining to your daughter about her superpower and how special she is and things like that. Well, they are there. I mean, as a parent and, and even as a, an older sibling. Yeah, I'm the have, oldest. <laughs> I, I figured I'm the oldest, too. So I, yeah. I can say that that we've always looked out for the little ones and it's like a parental role in some aspect. But I have a, a question about your book. 
what what kind of audience were you looking to reach and what was the now I understand you wanted to turn him into a superhero you wrote the poem for him what were you hoping to accomplish by having the book published for people to see that a disability for someone who has a disability that it's not all gloom and doom we we all have a superpower whether we are in a wheelchair or not whether we are verbal or not the goal was to let everybody know that hey you know, the, these people that we have, you know, that may be differently able than us are important too. Mm-hmm. Not just the quote unquote, as you say, normal ones or those who do not have a visible or diagnosed disability. So that was my goal. It's not, I call it a children's book because I've, ri- I've written it for in the mind of a child, but it's for everybody. If you read the rest of the book, you will see it's for everybody. It's not necessarily for children, it's an all-inclusive book, so it will it will minister to you. It will minister to a two-year-old. That's how that's how God gave it to me, and so I'm so proud of it. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's it's always interesting how authors bring their own personal lives into a story, and to give themselves a voice that some people just don't want to listen to. They don't hear, or they're just numb to it in in some yeah. way, sense of form. And I, I love how you you give a voice to Jeremiah so loud. E- even though he, you you made the comment, he used he used short phrases or words to express his wants and needs. But every now and then, Jeremiah and the ja- Jeremiah the Jackrabbit would say things that you wouldn't believe. And what I love prior to that page of them being out on the on the playground and stuff you have him in in the classroom with his his other classmates and it, just explaining that there was a lot of people that made fun of him because of his disability and i'm air quoting mm-hmm. this for everybody who can't see right because it's something that does happen and it's something yeah. that when we were growing up you know they were just in their special place or special class and Mm -hmm. you you didn't really talk to them as much and for me you know growing up it was not I never had to had the chance I can't say chance I have I never had that capability of saying that they were special in the sense that you know what other people said oh they're weird they're special they they don't know much all those negative things because my my older brother one of my older brothers was mentally handicapped and even though he was you know 18 when I came into the family you know he had the mentality of a young child and but here's the great thing and I loved I loved my town for this I I grew up in in a place called Linton Indiana and one of the things that really because you of what you were saying with bringing people into the story and stuff my town literally took care of my brother they literally made him the number one fan of the school because he was always with the coaches my mom used to be a bus driver for the school and so everybody knew him everybody knew my my brother Andy and they loved him and it was always funny because I, I thought it was hilarious how they, I was always known as Andy's brother, you know, because he was the yeah. rock star of the family. I was just Andy's brother. But 
for me, it was always interesting to see the diversity in how people treated him. You know, you know, people in Linton loved him, protected him, especially at football games, because there were many times where other people in different different towns would come there and they would just start making fun of him. Like, why is he? you know, all these negative words yes. is, is yeah. on the sideline. Why is he doing this? Why is, you know, he's just, they're just, he's special. And my town really took that to heart. And I love how you said that. I know I said, oh, oh, this is a long question, long answer to this, but why was it so important for you to show that one scene of him being in the classroom and the way that they were treating him? Because standing on the other side, first of all, as a big sister to a brother who was on the spectrum and and now being a parent of someone who is labeled as a disability, I saw that in school for myself. And I've seen how people would interact with my brother when I was a little kid. They used to call him retarded. They used to call him slow. They used to. And so it was it was like. The, the, the special needs class, as you call it, the special kids, they, they were a mystery. They were off on the other side of the building somewhere where they weren't seen or heard. And it was just like, my curiosity was like, well, why are they over there? And we're over here, we don't interact. We don't even, they don't even allow us to try to find out how, you know, if we can make friends with them or things like that. It was like, we were separated and segregated. And surprisingly enough, it's like that in family. When you have a child like mine and, and they, they can't, you know, do most of the things that we can do, you don't get invited to stuff. You don't get included. You don't get considered. And so it was important that I made that known because I wanted to show that he's here. Mm-hmm. This is who he is. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And so that was the point to that. Now, I have one more question. And Marcella asked her her questions after this. For every superhero, there has to be an antihero. There has to be some type of villain. And in yours, it was Willie the Wolf. Why Willie and why a wolf? I, I got I wrote it just as God gave it to me. I it was no really rhyme or reason. Other than, like you said, every superhero needed an anti-superhero. And so if you read the rest of the book, because I really don't want to give the climax away. Oh, no, no, there, we're not there's, doing that. there's a reason for that. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's a reason for him being a wolf. And it's more of a biblical reason. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible talks about wolves and sheep's clothing and things of that nature. And so that's kind of sort of one of the reasons. And I'll just kind of leave it there without saying too much. But that that's why. Yeah. You know what? I appreciate that. So, yeah. uh, Marcella, I know you've got some wonderful questions to ask too. So, I, I got will, a couple questions. <laughs> I will I will le- I will shut my mouth and let you do your thing. Go ahead. Awesome. Monique, I usually end uh, the show by asking two very quick questions. And, you know, it's like what's the first thing that pops in your head when you hear them? So, the first question is, what is your writing kryptonite? Distraction? Ooh. <laughs> That's a first. Uh, yeah, I think that is a first. And then my last question, do you have a favorite quote that inspires you or that you've heard before that you think might inspire others? I made up my own. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I, I have an organization called Disability LLC, and my slogan is "Don't diss disability, don't diss my abilities," because <laughs> you never I know what it's capable of. Oh, I am writing that one down so quickly. After we get done with this, email that to me because I want to just <laughs> pop that all over my kids' rooms. Yes, don't so diss disability. Don't yeah, diss disability. It needs to be a meme. It needs we to be need a meme. To. <laughs> Absolutely. It definitely needs a meme. So thank you so much, uh, Monique, for being on our show today and talking about your new children's book, Jeremiah the Jackrabbit. Please tell everyone where they can find you if you have any special events coming up, anything that you want to present to this audience, this growing audience. You can follow me on social media, Facebook. I am uh, Monique Duel. Twitter, Monique Duel. Instagram is Miss M S D E E R E I G N, Miss D Rain. And my website is www.imjusmo.com, where all of my books are, all of the events are that we have coming up that are some of them are still in the works, so they haven't been posted yet, but keep your eyes open. There's a lot of wonderful things happening. And thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Oh, man, Monique, thank you for being on here. And, you know, just so we can close this out just a little bit, Marcella, what did you think about Monique? I think Monique, well, you know, I, I say this about every author because I love to read, but I think she's fabulous. I think you're fabulous, Monique. Thank you Thanks for coming so on much. and chatting with us. Appreciate you. Thank you. You know what? I, I would have to definitely agree on, on, on that with Marcella because it takes, here's the, here's, I, I love this quote that I, that just popped in my head. I don't know where it came from. Maybe I'm making it up, but I'm going to say it anyways. It takes a special person to take care of someone with special needs. It takes a very special person to take care of someone with special needs because Amen. there are Amen so many that. things yeah. that people don't see. They don't, Yeah. It, it's, it's like that, it's like that old adage about the, the iceberg. They only see what's on top of the water. Yes. They don't see what's yes. under the water. Yeah. So Absolutely. it takes, and, and you know, I'm 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 gonna put myself on there because it I have I'm very special. Talk to Marcella; she thinks I'm very special. When you have like 65 plus character voices in your head, it kind of you kind of figure out who you are some days. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Monique Duel for being on our show today and sharing with us her children's book, Jeremiah the Jackrabbit. Please go to her website. Please go to amazon.com and buy her book. Tell everybody about it because again, this is something that we need to express more in, in everybody when, when it comes to people. We need to show people how special everyone is in every shape they are because you never know which superhero you're going to run into. You know, my Jeremiah is a jackrabbit. He is Jeremiah the jackrabbit, and he is somebody who is very special, who has so much, so much, what's the word I want to say? So many wonderful things locked in his head that he just wants to share. And he's going to share when he's ready to share it, because that's stuff that people 
will need to hear right at those moments. And you never know who's going to inspire you. And that's why we started this show. So join us live this Saturday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, and on LinkedIn, because it may be our last live stream uh, for a while, because we're trying to rework a couple of things and to make these in terms of timing and stuff like that. But you're still going to get everything live, or you're going to get everything on your favorite podcast platform every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and every Thursday at 5 p.m. as well. But we're just trying to trying to figure out what's working, what's not. And for everybody who's listening to us, please go to our website, beyondthepenpodcast.com. Tell us what you think. Give us your feedback because we want to know what you want to, want to uh, hear. We want to see what other authors we can bring on here for you. So until next time, remember to keep writing, keep inspiring, and keep sharing as you go beyond the pen. Thank you very much, everybody. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's Video On Demand and Livestream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.